This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. Keep listening for actionable tips and tricks to incorporate eco-friendly practices into your daily life. We've been featured by Apple as the number one podcast for conscious consumers, and we can't wait to welcome you into our community of changemakers. I'm Lisa. And I'm Laura. We're the founders of Brightly.eco, the new platform for conscious consumers. We believe in supporting all creatures, great and small. And our team of experts show you how to live and shop responsibly by sharing world-changing lifestyle ideas, products, and more. To read show notes from Good Together and to browse all of the planet-friendly goodness that we feature, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And to help spread the word about the podcast, tap on this episode and share Good Together with your friends and family. A simple text message helps us grow and create change around the world. On today's episode, I chat with Alicia Silverstone. You may know Alicia as the star of the cult classic film Clueless, or you might be catching her new series, The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. But what you may not know is that Alicia is also a dedicated activist in the health and wellness space. Not only does Alicia run her own healthy living blog called The Kind Life, but she's also been a vegan for many years and even released a book in 2011 called The Kind Diet, This tells the story of her own journey towards a more conscious way of eating. During today's conversation, we'll discuss her sustainability journey, her perspective on plant-based eating, and we'll hear about her latest eco-friendly projects. Let's get into it. So you're probably familiar with Alicia from her acting career. She's currently starring in the Babysitter's Club series on Netflix, and she's also most known for her generation-defining role in Clueless. But in addition to all of her film and television credits, Alicia has been a vegan for years and is a dedicated activist in the health and wellness space. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Kind Diet, plus the sequel, The Kind Mama. She also just co-created the new My Kind Organics Vitamin line, which is the first ever food-based organic non-GMO vegan supplement, which sounds fascinating. So we're going to get into her eco-friendly journey now. So let's dive in. Um, So Alicia, welcome. Um, We know you've been acting since childhood, as I just mentioned, Um, but now you're doing a lot of great work in the world of wellness and sustainability. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about how you became interested in the space. I would say that my love of animals was how, what got me into being health conscious. I you know, I was one of those people who loved animals, but ate them. And I did that for a long time and struggled with it. And then ultimately saw documentaries of how we raise our animals for food. And it was too heartbreaking and so alarming that no one had told me the innocence in me was really shattered that I would have thought if this kind of just torture and madness that's occurring for these creatures um, would you know, that if anyone saw any of that happen to a dog, no one would be okay with this, right? In our, yeah. in our country, yeah. obviously we do, there's dog meat in other countries, but when people, and people are always outraged by that. So we've decided that some animals are okay to eat and harm and torture and others are to be loved and made out with. And um, so, you know, it was that that got me. My, my love of animals was really what set me on this journey. And so I often think the animals saved me and that, you know, this is, I used to think this must just be really good karma because all of a sudden after making this choice for the animals, my skin cleared up. I had cystic acne, my, from going off of the birth control pill, you know, that thing, how it yeah. makes skin so bad. Yep. I stopped taking allergy shots that yep. I was getting twice a week. I stopped my asthma inhaler. Um, all of these things really changed my nails that were so brittle and would fall, you know, you could bend them easily and they would fall apart all the time, you know, breaking, uh, they got so hard, hard as a rock. And my, um, eyes got really white, the whites of my eyes and, um, what else? Oh, and I felt just entirely different. I started walking around feeling very light 
And as if I had let go of all this sort of negative, dark karma thing, and yeah. also the actual sludge that's inside of you. Cause when you're eating all that animal flesh and, um, you know, that is rotting inside of your body, right? It takes 72 hours to get through. If you left a piece of meat outside in the sun, in a, cause it's 98 degrees, right? Inside of our bodies, it would completely be just, um, like moldy and disgusting after a very short period of time, right? It would get gross and that's what's happening inside of you. So I just don't feel, I, I felt so different from that. I yeah. felt lighter. I felt also really connected my, to myself. I felt, you know, we, as a, as a, as a woman, and I'm sure even as men too, but women having self-worth is not always the easiest thing. And when I was able to stand in my power and say no to what I didn't believe in, it gave me a very strong sense of self. So basically, you know, the, the theme that I'm really picking up on is you went through a transformation when you decided to make this lifestyle change, right? Both physically, mentally, um, you know, almost spiritually, you, you could even say, I would bet. And so one of the things that we talk a lot about on this podcast is the transformation that we all go through when we choose to make small steps uh, every day to create change. And so I love that, you know, plant-based lifestyle choices really lined up with, with your values, right? You're an animal lover. And so I wonder, okay, so you got started because you started to think about the animal welfare um, behind, you know, what your choices were. I wonder, have you ever thought more about like the environmental impact um, of going plant-based? Because it's something that our readers ask a lot about. Yes. Yeah, so it, it, what I'm giving you the, this beginning where it goes is, yeah. so this is just when I'm 21 years old and I'm finally committing to this change for the animal's sake. I even thought perhaps I won't be healthy doing it. Mm, interesting. Perhaps, per, I, I really, I'll never eat anything yummy again. Maybe. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. These were things I really genuinely thought, but I didn't care. The animal welfare thing was enough to really, really motivate me. And yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't contribute to the suffering anymore. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and say, you're a good person and you love animals and then be contributing to what I was doing. So that was it. Then I had all these health benefits that were miraculous. And then I started looking into it and found that, you know, so many doctors were talking about it. There was so much uh, research from Harvard and Oxford about why this plant-based diet was so good for you. There were athletes who were doing it to benefit um, their their performance, they they were they didn't care about the animals; they were doing it for their bodies. And then, you know, Woody Harrelson came along into my life, and you know, I was feeling quite lonely as an activist. And I kept seeing him at animal activist events, and I just thought I should talk to him because then maybe I'll be able to have someone else to relate to. And we had this beautiful conversation and I was telling him all about the cows and how upset I was. And he said, you know, why don't you come to Peru with me and my wife and we're going to help save the rainforest and, you know, just come. And so I met him for the first time properly in Peru. And wow. he really was my inspiration, he and his wife, about the environment. I had never, you know, before that I'd heard things about the environment, but to be honest, I was a really young girl and it was enough me making this change. I was already, you know, against fur, not using anti-dissection, not using any products that have been tested on animals. And, and I was vegan. And I was rescuing dogs and cats. I had a lot on my plate. I was already doing a lot. My brain sort of thought, I don't want another thing to have to worry about with the environment. Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't, I was completely ignorant, to be honest. I just didn't know, you know, so what I heard didn't move me yet. It just felt like another thing I had to deal with and I couldn't. And then, and I didn't know, I didn't have any real inspiration at the time. So it wasn't motivating me. Right. Sure. But once he started to explain things to me as we, you know, as I got to know him better, he would talk about the, the that when you're putting something on your skin, that it's going into your skin. So if I was using chemical products, for example, I'd say, well, I don't want to waste them. And he'd say, but you're now putting it in your skin and you're poisoning yourself essentially. And then what about where is it going in the earth? And so then I started to understand that. And then I, I mean, that's just a simplified way of explaining how sure. I began to understand the environmental. We were going through the rainforest and seeing all the clear cutting that was being done to raise um, food for cattle, whereas all of those fields could have been used to feed people. And so I started to understand, aside from the environmental impact, but how 
you know, we see these children who are starving to death all around the world. There's 9 million people who die a year from hunger and no one blinks an eyelash. The last six years, 9 million people have died a year. It's just not even something people talk about or seem to care about, but none of them should die. They're dying because we take their food and we feed it to animals. The amount of food it requires, the, the resources required to create one pound of beef, one 16 ounce steak could have fed an entire village of people. Thousands of people could have been fed from the water usage, the resources involved, and all the grain and, 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 and food that was fed to those animals. So we have a very inefficient use of resources. So yes, environmentally, I have, you know, I've become very quickly in my journey, I became an environmental activist as well, because I started to understand the whole picture that not only is it, I think sometimes people think of environmentalists as, well, I think they love to, I think greedy corporate business people like to put it in some kind of, um, you know, patronizing term. They sure. like to say things like, oh, you're scared of the polar bears getting hurt. You know, oh, poor polar bears. They make fun of that. Or they'll say, well, um, you know what? You just don't want your pretty places to be harmed. There, but, the, but there are so many reasons to be concerned about the earth. There are the simple things like selfish joys of seeing the beauty in this world and see it get ruined, right? Yeah. And we see that often where you go to a place that you love that 20 years was so beautiful, 20 years ago was so beautiful, and now it's quite destroyed from environmental damage. So we see it with our own eyes that way. But then there's also the immediate life and death threatening aspect, whether that's children and people who are dying from pollution, or it's the imminent danger of the seventh, ma I mean, sorry, the sixth mass extinction. Um, so there are, you know, ocean acidification. Um, we know that 51, about 51% 51 of global warming and climate change is caused by animal agriculture. To me, that is so profound so that there's a lot of things we can't do things about, right? I don't know that we could ask people to stop flying airplanes and stop driving cars. We can improve the cars and airplanes that we, that we use, but it's very difficult to, you know, ask our society to change that. I don't know that that would happen. The same way a lot of people would say, I don't think you would ask people to change how they eat. But, but when what you choose to eat not only heals the earth, but it also heals your body, and it also stops torture and, you know, destruction of animals, and it also feeds people who would be starving to death, I think that's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, these, this cultural shift we talk about is, of course, it's necessary to create change, but it's also something that we receive a lot of pushback on, right? Like you just said, um, if we said, you know, nobody can be in an airplane or an automobile anymore, people would, they would revolt. Um, and we often get questions from, from listeners. Um, and, and I myself choose to be plant-based some of the week and sometimes I don't. So I'm curious to know, like, how do you have conversations with people who are not 100% plant-based? Like, what are some tips that you give them in terms of like incorporating more plant-based foods into their diet? I'd be curious. Well, first of all, I'm just so grateful that you choose to be plant-based plant -based a few days a week because imagine if everybody did that. Yep. You know, if everyone tried instead of just saying no. Exactly. Right? Yep. The more people, because obviously it sounds like you care and you want to, and you know it's the right thing to do, but perhaps you just haven't. And I would be really curious to know what's making you not get there all the way yet. Sure. Because that would probably help me to speak to it and be able to help you. But I think um, any step in that direction is so beautiful and wonderful and should be applauded. And I am such a believer in not judging people's journey. It, it can take a while. And if you used to eat... Hagen dies ice cream every single day and meat two or three times a day. And now you're only having Hagen dazs once a week. Why would you need Hagen dazs when you can have the delicious ice creams that are out there? But if you are, if you, once you start lessening it, you are making such an important choice. So I would beg, urge, plea with anyone that's even considering it to just just make baby steps. And, and, and the first thing I would do is ask you to read The Kind Diet, the book okay. that I wrote a long time ago, because 
It'll give you so much information that will just arm you so that you know what choices you're making. So that it's not about arriving at the end being perfect because that's boring. I mean, perfect is nice too, but whatever. Like it's, <laughs> nobody's perfect. I'm not, no. perfect we all make, we all have hiccups, right? Yeah. But, and being flexible, I think is important as well. There is a certain, um, being understanding and compassionate for wherever someone is. It's a, it's a, it takes work and it takes practice, but, but it's, it's really worthy and celebrating every little step in the right direction is massive. So I'm super grateful. And I would just say, if you read the kind diet, you'll be armed with information that then when you make your choices, you're making them from such an informed place. Yep. With the ease of knowing how to do it. Because in the kind diet, I show I walk you through all the steps of how to do this easily. Like, so why don't you tell me for fun, what is it that you think keeps you from going all the way right now? What are the things that trip you up? Yeah, that's a great question. I think some of it is just kind of old habits in terms of recipes and not necessarily being as inspired as I could be. So that's one, uh, one reason I would say. Um, another reason our, our, our listeners and readers often tell us is because of their families. So maybe they're the only one in their family or their maybe even friend group that has those values. So those are like two main uh, okay. concerns we hear a lot about. I love that. Let me yeah. speak to those. First of all, being, I mean, so how I would want to inspire you with cooking and recipes yeah. is if you were to tell me sort of what the things are that you love making, I would want to help inspire you to make them this, you'd still make them, yep. but you would make them in a more conscious way, right? Yep. Exactly. So there are, you know, at this point, cheese has come so far. Yes. I can say that 10 years ago, I would tell you, just don't bother with any vegan cheese, right? Like, do it, <laughs> yeah. do it. Um, but we have the most incredible cheeses now. I yeah. mean, there's really no taste sacrifice anymore. It was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we were sacrificing when we didn't eat cheese. Okay. But we're not <laughs> anymore. There are yeah. so many amazing ones. And and same with butter and same with um, vegan A's, you know, mayonnaise. So those things are easy to switch out. And veggie broth and chicken, you can flip out chicken broth with veggie broth any day. And it's yep. perfect. And, um, and there's so many plant-based proteins to use. Mostly I'm using beans, tempeh, and tofu. Um, and I play, and seitan. I play around with seitan sometimes. But I'm not messing with the fake stuff as much. That's just treat food. Yep. Um but I would say, so if I would want to seduce you into this world, I would want to take you out and have you try, like date all the veggie restaurants in your neighborhood. If you're in LA or New York or Atlanta or any of those kind of major cities, you have so many options and kind of getting used to and trying all these new foods will make you realize like there's a place in LA called Nick's on Beverly. When you eat there, or if you eat at Crossroads or Sugar Taco or Donut Friend, you would be so blown away by the food. Yeah. It's just, it's just so insanely delicious that there's no, you don't miss anything and you go, Oh, okay. So that's inspiring and exciting. Right. So dating your, your good veggie restaurants in town will help yeah. you to see what's possible. And then on my Instagram, I have recipes and I'm always showing the food that I'm eating. And then I'm sure there's tons of veggie people doing the same thing. So there's so much inspiration out there in terms yep. of what to make. I'm never at a loss for, um, there's never a dull moment in terms of what, I can get sick of food just because I'm going through a funk, you know, of sometimes you're, I'm sick of food. Yeah. But, but when I, anytime I start looking at my endless amounts of cookbooks, I just go, oh, I've never tried that. So there's always something new to try, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about swaps too, right? Starting with a recipe that might not be vegan and thinking about the swaps. And I'm actually, um, I'm based in Seattle now, but I used to be from Texas and I love good Mexican food. And um, I had a chance to go to Gracias Madre, where there's one in San Francisco. And I think they've got a few outposts in LA. And I mean, I was blown away at the Mexican food there. I brought my husband also like Texas meat eater right here. And he was like, this is amazing. So I definitely think there's such value in exposing both yourself and other people to these swaps. Um, and like, as we get into the, the the point about family and friends, I think, you know, this is summertime. We have a lot of grilling and barbecue opportunities coming up. Like 
look at different swaps you can make. Even Costco now sells Impossible Burger, which is, I love Impossible Burger. I know it's like one of those fake treats that you just mentioned, but I think Delicious. it's kind of a good way for people to Delicious. get into it, right? <laughs> yeah, I just did a burger blog on my website. So if, if anybody is looking for the perfect burger, I did a taste test of all the Impossible oh. um, Beyond and all these other ones that I'd never really even heard of. Yep. And the results are very interesting. Okay, I'll have to check it out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, so on my website, I have that blog. And also I think on my Instagram, there's the the little movie we made of it. Oh, cool. I think, you know, the way I've always addressed it with family and friends is, you know, I don't want, I certainly don't want to be a pain in the butt to anyone, even though I know that what I'm doing is very righteous and important and, you know, it's for the good of everyone. It's for all of everyone's good. Sure. But I don't want to make myself difficult. So what I try to do is if I was going to go to someone's house and they were not vegan, I would say, and they invited me over, I might say, hey, can I bring something? Because I'm vegan and I want to make something delicious and not hassle you. That gives them an opportunity to say, what? No, I'm going to make all, like sometimes they get excited and they make the food vegan and then that's exciting. Or they say, oh, yeah, no, please bring something. And then you have an opportunity to blow their minds. Yes. You know, yesterday I brought cupcakes to my kids' school. Um, A few of the parents were asked who would like to bring something. And I always want to do the food because even though it takes so much work, I was up frosting these darn cupcakes so late at night. But- my, I see it as an act of activism. I see it as an opportunity to inspire them. So someone had a regular cake, someone had regular brownies, and then I brought two sets of cupcakes and they were all gone. Yep. The other stuff wasn't. <laughs> there so, you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think, and I had a little sign, it said vegan and the other one said vegan and gluten-free. So I, I don't know that they were the most amazing of anything I've ever made. They, I was trying some new recipes, but... The point is they were really good and everybody ate it. So I think the more people are introduced and turned on by, so if I was going to go to a party at someone's house, I would bring my crostini from the kind diet. These crostini are insane or my artichoke dip or my um, bean guacamole dip. Those things, I challenge any meat eater not to be blown away by. And I think just when they start to eat delicious things and they see how easy it is and you're in your, you feel good, you are well, you're healthy, you I just think it kind of inspires naturally. Absolutely. The family thing is tricky because of course we we're so divided about so many things in our world today. You're not allowed to have different opinions about anything. Yes. And it's really sad because what is this world if we can't have good communication and learn from each other? Um, I really like hearing other people's point of views. I like it. I learn that way. I like seeing things debated. Yes. So that I can decide for myself what is best. That is our right. And yes. I feel like this whole, you know, we're divided about everything. And, 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 and me being a vegan environmentalist who ate my placenta, who is a, is a home birther, you know, I'm just in this tiny, tiny little uh, section of division, I suppose. But I, but I feel so, I feel so a part of everything. And I think it's the attitude, right? Yep. So if I just think that this, it's normal, this is what it is and I want to share it, but I'm not going to throw it down your throat. And I'm sure I don't get to invited to a lot of parties because probably they just want to eat their thing and not feel bad about it. So I probably just don't get included. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Lisa, did you know every year 10 billion disposable razors are thrown into trash around the world, I never thought about the amount of waste I was generating every time I shaved my legs. Yes, I remember we've discovered this staggering fact last year, and ever since then, me and you have been on the hunt for a sustainable plastic-free razor. The tricky part for me, though, and I know a lot of our community members feel the same way, is that safety razors can be very intimidating to use. I was literally scared when I first shaved with a safety razor. Same. But we finally found the perfect option, haven't we? Leaf Shave has created the world's first multi-blade pivoting head safety razor that makes your shaving experience almost identical to the one with a plastic razor. Leaf Shave is certified carbon neutral, and they package and ship 100% plastic-free as well. 
My favorite part about their leaf razor is that it accepts up to three blades so that you can decide how close of a shave you want. Once you're done with the blades, you can send them back to leaf to recycle responsibly as scrap metal. This makes shaving plastic-free easier, safer, and faster than I've ever experienced. But if, unlike us, you're a total pro and not intimidated by safety razors, Leaf also has a more budget-friendly option, their Twig Razor. Check it out. Good Together listeners get 5% off by using the code BRIGHTLY at leafshave.com slash brightly. That's L-E-A-F-S-H-A-V-E dot com slash brightly. Did you know that 70% of what comes in your shampoo bottle is actually just water? I know. It's hard to believe that over half of what is probably one of your most used hair care products is simply what comes out of your tap. Right? That's why Everest is so great. They're a company that produces hair care for eco-optimists who are looking to cut down on waste without having to use shampoo bars. Their products require less packaging and are smaller and lighter to ship, which, as we know, is key in reducing carbon emissions. That's awesome, and I also love that they're plastic-free. Their shampoos come in aluminum tubes, which, unlike your typical plastic bottles, are infinitely recyclable in most curbside recycling programs. Most importantly, though, their products actually work. I tried them. I know hair care is something a lot of people struggle to find a sustainable swap for. Everyone's hair is different, and sometimes it can be hard to find something that's low waste, that still leathers, and really leaves your hair feeling clean. Exactly. That's not an issue with Everest, though. The color-safe and vegan paste that makes up their shampoo is activated by the water in your shower to make a rich, creamy lather that you're familiar with from your non-eco shampoo days. Are you ready to try out a more sustainable hair care routine? Head to helloeverest.com and use code BRIGHTLY for 10% off. That's H-E-L-L-O-E-V-E-R-I-S-T dot com and use code BRIGHTLY for 10% off. Finding a trusted ethical beauty brand that actually works can be difficult. Absolutely, which is why Laura and I were so excited when we discovered 100% Pure. 100% Pure is a beauty and skincare brand that is, well, as the name suggests, 100% Pure. All of their products, from lipsticks to face masks to eye cream, adhere to strict purity standards and will never contain harsh or toxic ingredients. What I thought was really cool, Lisa, was how they create the pigment for their makeup using natural ingredients. They use fruit, vegetables, and even tea and cocoa. I've never seen a product that does that. Yeah, I haven't either, and I've looked at a lot of clean beauty brands recently. Also, when you shop with 100% Pure, you're able to choose one of the two options for where you can make a difference. One option is choosing to donate one bowl of vegan dog food to a shelter dog for every purchase. Since 100% Pure is certified cruelty-free, I love how committed they are to animal welfare by giving you this option. The other option you can choose is to have 100% Pure donate one tree for every order. If you'd like to try out 100% Pure's cruelty-free products, head to 100percentpure.com and use code BRIGHTLYISPURE30 for 30% off. That's 100percentpure.com and code BRIGHTLYISPURE for 30% off. hope not. But I mean, one of the reasons we started this podcast, actually, and really started the Brightly platform in general is because we did see a lack of space for people to be able to debate these topics, right? Um, You hear so many different sides from people. Um, Actually, we one example of this was we partnered with a vegan um, food delivery brand. And my co founder and I were super excited to try it because they had some amazing food that was dropped at our doorstep. But then we heard from a lot of people in the comments that it was too much plastic, right? And it was kind of the worst thing ever. And when we talk about eco-friendly living and sustainability, we recognize that it's very, very difficult to get to perfection. We actually say planet over perfection all the time because in our minds, there is so much room for everyone to grow. And the more that you can just adopt this learner's mindset, even if you, you know, have been living an eco-friendly lifestyle to your, your, your point for years, I think there's just so much value in that, especially when you go to a party. So I love that piece. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Um, so kind of moving into um, sort of a new venture that we wanted to talk with you about too was, so I know you partnered with Garden of Life um, a few years ago to launch 
My Kind Organics, which is a really interesting line of vitamins and supplements. And so I was curious to know, like, what inspired you to create this new line um, and sort of this new product? Um, you know, we, we've heard about your apple cider vinegar gummies. I think that's pretty interesting. Thank you for asking. Um, I, you know, I wrote The Kind Diet. I wrote The Kind Mama. I was on this real health journey. And when I was, well, The Kind Mama was happening when this idea came about. So I was pregnant and my midwife told me I needed to take a prenatal. And I was pretty anti-vitamin at that time. I just knew that they can be quite toxic to the liver and um, that I felt the people in my life who took them seemed neurotic to me. It was just Interesting. so much, so much <laughs> It's just the whole thing was so annoying. Yeah. And, um, and so I just didn't need, I felt like I was really eating well and I didn't need them. And so I said that to my midwife. I said, I don't really see why I would need a prenatal. I eat so well. And she said, well, what about just those days when you're traveling or you can't get access to what, the foods that you want? Yeah. Sometimes. How about have it as an insurance policy for those days or those days that you just eat like naughty and you mess up and you don't get all the nutrients you need, right? Sure. And I thought, oh, well, that I can buy into that. I will take a prenatal for that. Great. So yeah. let me go find one. She says she recommends this one. I look at it and I go, it's made of pure chemicals. Yeah. And she said, but it's vegan. I said, I know, but is there one that isn't, that's vegan and not made of chemicals? She goes, oh, I don't know. So then I started asking my friends, who's the, is there anything that you know of out there that's clean and pure? And it was, there was a, there were a few brands, about one or two that were the main winners that everyone told me about that were supposed to be the cleanest. I started looking at those ingredients mm -hmm. and they had chemicals in them too. And I was really surprised, just really genuinely surprised like, how is it you, you innocently as a, as a um, consumer, you innocently, we all just go, we're all just trying to survive. So I think most of the time we're not thinking about anything, you know? Yep. And so these, you know, whether, where your animal, where their food comes from, what's happening to the planet, there's all these things we just don't either want to know or think about. But when you go to buy vitamins, I think you assume that that's something that's good for you. Yep. You're purchasing a vitamin, it should be good for you but it's just not, they're, they're just, they're not. And that's why they get the reputation of hurting the liver because they're chemical toxic little pills in your body. Right. So I couldn't believe it. There was nothing I would, that I was willing to take. So I just thought this is weird. The food, the, the one vitamins that is the closest to being clean is still less healthy than the food I eat on a daily basis. So I thought I've got to make this, I got to make it for myself. I've got to make it for all the mommies who are trying to make babies right now. And I got to make it for people who want clean things because this is outrageous. So I went looking for a partner and I, I found Garden of Life and we decided to build My Kind Organics together. And, um, you know, based off of my, my, my kind diet, my kind mama, my kind website, the kind life. So they, we, we decided to make this company together and they were excited to try and do this. And so we built clean, we had to start by creating clean tablet technology, which is how you wrap the vitamins in a way so that they don't have to have any chemicals in them. Okay. And, um, and then we, then we went on to do gummies and we thought, okay, every gummy on the market is loaded. Like the most popular gummies on the market are loaded with sugar yes. and loaded with gelatin. I've seen this before. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it kind of so turns you would, off immediately. <laughs> why would you want to give that to your kid? Right. Yeah. Or Self. If I'm going to have sugar, I want it to be at least like a chocolate cake or something. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> That's right. I don't want it to be in the form of my vitamin every day. Yeah. And, um, and it's like two teaspoons. Per, I mean, it's crazy the amount yeah. of sugar that using. So anyway, we decided to make gummies and our gummies, I got to tell you, they are so delicious. The children's gummies, the multi, the multis for men and women. We have gummies in elderberry. We have gummies in turmeric and they are all made with our gelatin is, um, it's beautiful. It's organic, um, apple pectin and oh, cool. our sweetener is organic peaches and apples. So it's so pure and they're delicious. So that's exciting. And then we decided to do herbals and that was our whole line of, you know, adaptogens, uh, ashwagandha, turmeric, yeah. our sleep well vitamins, which I love so much there. When you feel like your brain's a little too activated, you can just take this. It's no, it's got no hangover. So you're not getting that melatonin hangover. Yes. You don't feel like it's awful, right? Yeah. People think that's natural, but it's not good for you. So 
this is just this beautiful light feeling. It just, you, you don't feel it at all. You just sleep and it's yep. well. So, um, and then the apple cider vinegar, what that is about is that I started to look around and notice that apple cider vinegar was all the rage. Now, truly it's been that way since the beginning of time because yes. Hippocrates, Hippocrates used apple cider vinegar. Yep. But, but we've all understood this to be this very healing thing. And some people really love it and some people don't care about it as much and whatever you fall on that spectrum. Um, but for the people who really get excited about apple cider vinegar, some of them don't want to drink it. They don't like the taste. Yeah. So they were a few years ago, some companies came out with these gummies and people were going crazy for them. Now we looked at them and we went, everyone's really excited about this. And yet these are made with all kinds of crazy sugar, totally chemicals and gelatin and not organic. And they're not non-GMO verified and they're not food-based. They're, they're just same old, same old. So we got excited about providing what we do with all of my kind organics. I just got excited about creating a healthy version of this thing that everybody was really wanting. So that's how our apple cider vinegars were born. And um, Whole Foods invited us as the chosen one to be in their place. They have oh, no others. Nice. <laughs> and um, and they we have it in a diet for like a weight loss kind of for, diet formula. We have, we target, um, energy, we target probiotic, and then we have our original formula. And some of my friends who eat them say, uh, to me that they want to eat the whole bottle. It's so <laughs> There you go. That's how you know you did a great job. It's like candy yeah. basically. You're like, but please don't eat the whole bottle. <laughs> like you, you don't have to listen to the four a day. You can go a little overboard, but don't, <laughs> no, the whole bottle is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm one of those people who has read a ton about apple cider vinegar and I just can't get past the smell and the taste. So mm. I'm going to have to give these a try because like, yeah. I know that it's amazing for your skin and there's all these great benefits of it. But yeah, I'm one of those people that I just like even sometimes I'll use it like in a, almost like a paste with a, other uh, compounds for like a, a face mask. But even then, like sometimes like I'm like the smell kind of gets me. So I'm glad to know that you're, you're solving for that. That's awesome. Yep. It was made for you. <laughs> Very great. <laughs> That's great to know. So yeah, I mean, I think, you know, supplements and, you know, there, there's so much information out there um, and there's good information, bad information, et cetera. And I think, you know, when we started to see this, the, you know, the overall popularity kickoff, I want to say like, I mean, it's been big for probably 20 years now, but I'd say in the last 10, we've seen more, you know, adaptogens and everything kind of come center stage. So I, I'm very encouraged by the fact that your team not only does the research, but you're also trying to give people these, you know, these formulas that they want in a really non- destructive way to their bodies and the planet. That's really cool. I wonder um, if you can tell me a little bit more about the science. Like, did you even, were you even prepared for the amount of research and stuff you'd have to go into it? Or, you know, you just kind of set off in, in, in a, uh, you know, pursuit of solving this problem. I think that'd be interesting. Well, two things I wanted to say. I thought back to your comment earlier about people complaining about vegan things being packaged in plastic. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about how how excruciating it is. You know, when I was, we started with all glass bottles because mm, right? yep. I wanted it to be all glass and all of my packaging is completely post-consumer um, paper, soy ink. Everything is so conscious yep. down to the last drop with the product. Unfortunately, at some point we had to make a decision that I was not at all happy about, but it is necessary. We found that our bottles, because they were glass, so much was breaking. Yep. And that the amount of waste that was required to package the bottle to keep it safe was so much more environmentally damaging yep. than just using a recycled plastic bottle. Yep. Now this really upsets some people. And I understand because they're going, I don't want plastic and I don't want plastic either. But at least I can say we're using, I think at this, we, we keep inching it up, trying to use more and more um, recycled plastic in yeah. our, because the, it's, it, that's the science is figuring out how to get it with as much post-consumer waste, but where it still doesn't leach anything in yeah. and stays medically sound so that when you're eating, um, when you're taking them in, they have nothing leached into it. So that exactly. is a science in itself. Yeah. So 
I think we're up to about 60 or 70% post-consumer waste. Do I wish there was none? Yes, but then we couldn't provide this because what, which is worse. So you've got the environmental destruction of all the things to keep them precious and then they break all the time versus this percentage. It's the scale. So we always are doing the best we can. Exactly. How can you do the best you can? Um, And, you know, sometimes you're not going to like aspects of things you know, there's many things in our daily lives that we all purchase and buy that are owned by somebody you don't like. Exactly. But we love the thing that we have. And if we say no to it because of who worked, who's behind it, then we don't get to have the thing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that that person is, what it sometimes means is that that, that person who's behind it is interested in they're testing out. I want That's to be correct. better things. So we have to be a bit more open-minded in our, I, I remember making hemp bags. Uh, years ago, I made these beautiful hemp bags for EcoTools and they were hemp and recycled plastic and um, soybean oil and just clean to the T, okay? But yep. they lived in Target. Yep. So how did I, how did I, stomach that well because the person who is shopping at target has a chance to reach for this vinyl nasty thing next to it it's so toxic to the planet or they can reach for this beautiful thing that's sitting right next to it and so and it wasn't even the target part that bothered me we also had to make them in china and then you could argue well why is it being made in china well we can't make it here or you can't buy it so you have to weigh out sometimes it's just more complicated. Oh, it's so so complicated. There's so many trade-offs. I mean, that the business owners make when they do product development, Um, you know, you talk about breakage with glass, there's also the weight problem and like how much more, you know, how many more carbon emissions are generated when shipping. I mean, there's so many different things that go into it. Um, And I think for us too, we actually have very popular content around going to Target going to Costco and finding things that are eco-friendly because there's a question of affordability. There's a question of accessibility. Like some people don't have access to Whole Foods. So I think, you know, just the more that we can tell these bigger corporations by using our dollars and saying, hey, I made the choice today to pick the eco tools over the vinyl piece that Target's going to take notice, right? Like they just came out with a fair trade denim line, which is really interesting. So like the more of these types of things that we can get the larger corporations to pay attention to, the better. So we're totally here for that too. So we definitely applaud all of those solutions. That's great. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Well, um, you know, as we kind of wrap up the episode, we typically like to ask our guests a few different, you know, closing questions. They're, They're all always the same. So I wanted to know, you know, aside from your 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 plant-based diet, how else do you try to live sustainably and ethically every day in your life? For me, it, it's every single choice and every single decision that I make. Um, and I do have my, there are areas in which I can improve and we will of always, we all that, can. Right? Yep. So I, you know, I, when I go to the farmer's market now, and I always have brought my cloth bags, but we are in a, because of what's been happening over the last year, they're wrapping everything in plastic at the farmer's mm. market. And this is really disturbing to me. Um, so I, I end up coming home with some plastic. And I remember posting um, my farmer's market finds and people, you know, I understand they, they think like I do. I would do the same thing. Why is there plastic? Yep. And I go back and I said, I wish there was no plastic, but I can't control it. It's not, I'm literally at the farmer's market and they are wrapped this way. I didn't wrap yep. it. Never use that, you know? Yeah. So all I can do is continue to reuse them. But my home, I use, I have gray water. Gray water, I highly recommend. Um, I tried to do rain catchment, but to be honest, Los Angeles, that's kind of a waste of money. There's not enough rain. Yeah. Seattle would be a great place to do rain catchment. Yeah, hey, I'll try it out. (laughs) (laughs) But rain catching is beautiful. I hate that any, it breaks my heart that any rain goes down the drain because it all would just be going into the soil. Yeah. We've made all these concrete jungles, so it all just rolls off. And so I, I was trying to do rain catchment, but I live in a hill, so it's not ideal. Ultimately, gray water solved the problem. So every time I take a bath, a shower, or wash my hands upstairs in this one particular area in my room, I mean, in my, in my bathroom, all that water feeds all my fruit trees. And so it saves about 40,000 gallons of water a year. It's the way they do the math on it is really interesting. And there's a great company called gray corpse. I think they're called gray corpse. 
gray corps. I think they're called gray corps. And um, they, uh, they do this. And um, it's really exciting how much energy you save. The transport, you were talking about transport, yeah. the transport of water from home to home. It's so difficult. So keeping it in your property, solar panels, electric car, um, I grow my veggies. Um, I go to the farmer's market. I, um, I obviously eat plant-based. You said that. Everything I purchase, I don't, you know, I, all my clothes, this is made by Mara Hoffman. She's oh, a yeah. good partner. Love Mara, I, yeah. On my website, I celebrate and encourage all the, I always try to find the most stylish, beautiful things from all the eco-designers. Um, there are some beautiful companies out there doing great work who are using uh, mushroom leather. And yes. um, so I just, every single choice, my home is made of all reclaimed. I I go vintage shopping in Texas at the Round Top. Oh I yes, love Round Top. Home. Love it. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, I've been nice. I'm, I love it so much. So my home is everything, the tables, the things. And then, and then you know, the couch, this is every single thing you, I make. I, I didn't want there to be any wool in it. I didn't want them to be any, um, what's it called? Uh, not fine. Uh, uh, down. Well, that uh, for sure. Yeah. But, um, oh goodness, there's a chemical they put in every single couch and I can't think of what it's called right now. I know what you're talking about too. Uh, we'll <laughs> think about it. We'll put it in the show notes, but I know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> you really just think holistically, right? Like holistically. that's the theme. Every time you said it earlier, spending your dollar, if I'm going to spend a dollar, where am I putting it? Just yep. knowing. And I do believe in supporting. I don't only eat at vegan restaurants. I love vegan restaurants, but I love supporting the ones who just are regular restaurants who do really great vegan food. Yes. I love the idea of supporting all of that. And, um, and I'm just really excited when someone is making the effort to make some, I, I, think the easiest way to solve all of our consumer problems would be the carbon tax that we tried to introduce when Obama first ran for office and it was shut down so quick. Yeah. Sorry, when he became right before he became president, when he was running for office, he, what got me so excited was this carbon taxing. And he may not have been the first person to bring it up, but anyway, that's in my, in my time, he's the one I remember. And then it never got, it never came to life, but we need to car the carbon tax concept of saying, you're a company that is causing problems. You are destructive. You're, you're hurting the lakes, the waters, you know, Riverkeeper Alliance, Waterkeeper Alliance, these places that are protecting the water and cleaning up the mess that they do. And if we could just say, hey, you can continue to do this, but you're going to be taxed. Yep. You're going to be taxed because you cannot, this is harming us. It's harming the people, destroying their water resources, making them sick, right? Yeah. If we could make them responsible. And then on the flip side, reward companies and say, yes. wow, your whole company's run on solar panels. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Your company is being so thoughtful of every ingredient. You know, there would be levels of how, how you get graded, right? And yeah. for everything that you did good, you got points for good and everything that you did naughty to the earth, you would be that way. Products would just I feel like we could really make a change in how, um, how we make things. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's, it's the carrot over, the, well, you need some carrots and you need some sticks. <laughs> that would be the way I'd describe that a little bit, carrot but I mean, sticks. it's, you know, there's, there's definitely regulatory issues, but there's also things that we can do as consumers. Um, and then really the, the last question I have for you, and you kind of already mentioned already, but it's one that we love to end on because it's a fun one, which is you know, what is exciting you the most about the sustainable and eco-friendly living movement right now? Um, I think you probably have a really interesting answer here because you've been in it yourself for so long and have seen kind of the shift. So like, what is really exciting to you about it right now? I mean, because I'm a true, true activist at heart, I'm so passionate and I just want change so yeah. much. I want truth to be, I want everybody to wake up to the truth. I want people to be critical thinkers and think for themselves and not buy into what they're told. I don't want people watching the news anymore. I want people to wake up to what's real yeah. and do their research. Because if you listen to the common voice, it's going to tell you, eat meat, eat dairy. It's good for you. Oh, great. The earth's fine. You know, oh, you should be scared. There's a whole, this thing you should be scared of. They're just going to keep like brainwashing you with whatever they want to keep you numb. Yeah. I want us all to wake up and make and use our brains. And if someone says, Hey, I'm not sure that's so true. Listen and go, Hmm, wait, what? Let me look into that. I want to yep. look into that. I don't know. And then, 
just be open to the idea that not everything we know to be true is true. And so what I get excited about right now is that I feel like some of those band-aids or, 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 or eye masks are being lifted off and people are waking up a bit to what's going on. And, and I've been in it for so long, wanting the truth and wanting kindness and wanting people to have the best and for animals not to be tortured. I want peace so much for the world that I, I'm so excited by the small changes I'm seeing. You know, Greta, that's amazing. The fact that that young girl got such a voice, you know, I was saying the same things as her, not as well, but I was saying the same things as her when I was 14 and 16, but no one would listen, you know, and I didn't sound the same as she did. She, she has a very clear informed voice at that age. And, but, but there's many of us who have been working on this for so long and people who come before me for so long that to see her get so far and have her be so impactful is just like I could cry. We just see more and more and more people waking up to this. When when Bill Clinton went vegan and it saved his life, you know, when because he had like triple, no, quadruple heart, he had something really major happen with his heart, and um, <laughs> and um, so. When you see people waking up all around to these things, I think it's really exciting. And it's no longer original. This is not some original thing that I'm talking about and bringing mainstream. Back in the day, Letterman and Leno thought I was an alien talking about being vegan and talking about the environment. And now I'm just another person talking about, even though I was doing it a long time ago, I'm one of just many, many people talking about it. And that is really exciting. You know, it's it's, we have made a lot of progress and cheese, vegan cheese. <laughs> I love that. We're, we're going to end with that one. Vegan cheese. <laughs> because the vegans have been, you know, wrongly suffering from not having cheese for a long time. And now we have such good cheese. I mean, it's just everywhere you turn is good cheese. That's amazing. Well, you have inspired me to go out and try some new vegan cheese um, okay. because I'll admit it kind of scared me for a little bit. So oh, I'm going to go out and try scared. that. You should have been scared, but there's some really good ones. And I'm going to do a blog very soon soon on the, like my winners of all the cheese found. So you should Okay. Check well, I'll check it out. And listeners, um, you can find Alicia's uh, blog at The Kind Life. Um, she, she does some amazing posts over there. And we just had such a great time chatting with you today, Alicia. So we'll We'll be excited to share this with our with our listeners and get them as excited about plant-based living as you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. As always, you can get show notes and explore lots more content related to all things eco-friendly living by checking out brightly.eco slash podcast. And don't forget to join in on the conversation that's happening on our Facebook group. Simply search Good Together Ethical Shopping and it'll come up. You can also leave us a question through voicemail. The link is on brightly.eco slash podcast. If you're into social media, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the channels. Our username is brightly.eco. Finally, we want to leave you with a reminder. Every day is a chance for you to create change, and you're already covered for today since you joined us here on the podcast. Stay kind and live brightly.